Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name's Aaron Alexander. Today's tremendous episode is with my bud, Mr. Kevin Ballister. Kevin has one of the most fascinating stories of a devastating brain trauma, brain trauma injury, uh, head injury, that 90% of people that sustain the type of injury that he sustained, which will he'll explain in the intro here, so I don't want to butcher it. Uh, apparently don't ever regain consciousness and of the ones that do the vast majority end up staying in a vegetative state and uh, he went through some pretty serious trials and tribulations of regaining his health and now being a healthcare professional in in the world helping people to regain better health in their in their brains and uh, he works with my bud, Dr. Dan Angle, out at a clinic in Colorado now, and we get deep into how common folk, even with or without any type of brain injury, can start to nurture and repair your own processing system up there, and um, just really a tremendous story. I hope you guys love this conversation, because I think it's one of the more important ones that we've had here. I wanted to thank you all for checking out the website alignpodcast.com a-l-i-g-n podcast.com on there start the five day movement challenge which is something that people have been really digging and greatly appreciate that five fundamental movement patterns that everybody ought to have in their daily existence it's all broken down for you all right now Uh, i want to thank blue blocks for supporting this podcast blue blocking sunglasses something i've been utilizing like a, a weirdo for the last like four and a half years or something like that Blue Blocks makes you look actually like a pretty sweet dude or lady because they're stylish. Um, So before you go into bed, especially like traveling is a really huge time, uh, being exposed to those blue light frequencies coming out of your ceiling and most light bulbs, uh, unless you're paying attention to it, uh, they cause your body to create a response essentially indicating that you're, it's time to wake up. So you get the cortisols and you kind of get yourself into that up and ready to go position. So when you're staring at your phone, your computer screen, all that stuff, uh, wear blue blocking glasses before you go to bed. Highly recommend it. And uh, you can get yourself 15% off for your purchase. If you go to blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash align, A-L-I-G-N. Use the align code. 15% off of that mother flip and purchase of them blue blockers. Blue blocks. Highly recommend getting a pair of blue blockers. It's a big deal. Um, I think we're good. I just got back from the Ancestral Health Symposium. Thank you all for those of you that were out there. I really appreciate you coming out. Uh, we got to move the humans out in the park. We got to take our clothes off, kind of, sort of, in the sun and get weird. So that was really fun. Um, all right, here we go. Back to the Shizou with Mr. Kevin Ballister. Podcast. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm a musician. I, I used to play guitar and sing, and uh, I had a recording studio and whatnot in Brooklyn. And since my injury, like, hand didn't work. Maybe we should get this recorded. Oh, know. it's already recorded, man. Yeah, we're going. Oh, oh we're going. Yeah. Well, what, what the <laughs> hell was the injury? All right. This is, this is, I'm learning about this for the first time. I was referred to you via Dr. Dan Angle and, and friend Ryan Glatt. And, uh, yeah, so I actually don't know anything about the story. So I'm like learning, learning with the peoples. Well, let's go. Yeah. 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 So 2011, I sustained a severe traumatic brain injury. Um, I fell from a rooftop water tower 
hit the front of my head in the steel scaffolding back in the concrete rooftop, instantly unconscious. I was rushed to the hospital and put on life support. So while I was in a coma, I was diagnosed with a diffuse axonal injury. And if you go on Google and type that in, you get source after source after source, and they all say pretty much the same thing. 90% never wake from a coma. And of the 10% that do, most are left in a persistent vegetative state. So I am very, very fortunate to be here and to be talking with you. I didn't. Uh, I woke from the coma and I didn't eat, walk, or talk for months. My left hand was completely flexed inward like this. I was breathing through a tube. I was receiving nutrition through a tube. And, uh, you know, a lot went into my recovery. All sorts of things went into my recovery. But uh, it was... It was at one point I was steered towards a nutritional protocol. I was I was steered towards a functional neurologist, which was amazing, and he put me he he put me on basically a leaky gut protocol. Um, essentially, he did a blood test on me, and it showed that I had low protein levels, like certain amino acids were low, and I was like. Doc, that doesn't make sense. I eat meat with every meal. I have a protein shake every morning. What are you saying? Eat more meat? And he's like, no, 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 no. You're not absorbing the nutrients that you're ingesting. Hmm. And uh, started telling me about leaky gut. I don't know if your audience is familiar with leaky gut. Yeah, we've yeah. We mentioned like Terry Walls. We've had a lot yeah, of people. There you go. Lots of folks in this world. There you go. Refer back to those episodes. Totally. Yeah. So... Essentially, put me on a leaky gut protocol, which allowed the nutrients that I was ingesting to actually get to my brain. And I began to regain clarity. And I was like, whoa, there's really something to nutrition, you know? And so I used that regain clarity and I, I dove into study to find out what the hell happened to me. And then at the same time, why did nutrition make such a big difference? And what could I do to optimize my recovery? So I went in to see uh, my functional neurologist, Dr. Thomas Culleton, who's awesome. But I was like, all right, all right, doc. So he said, you want to give your brain the best shot at recovery. You want to create the best environment for your brain. I'm like, yeah, totally. All right. So, so what do I eat? And he's like, well, don't eat this, don't eat this, and don't eat this, and don't eat this. And I was like, cool, what do I eat? And he's like... Don't eat those, and you'll be all right. And I was like, okay. So more studying, right? Did a bunch of research to find what are the nutrients that power the cells of my of my brain, the neurons and the glia of my brain. I wanna I wanna figure out what to eat for optimal brain function. And um, what were the things to not eat? Not eat well. Um, uh, wheat and you know gluten, um, and then milk. So um, pasteurized or raw or both? Both. Okay. Because raw for sure. That's like that's like raw was off the list. It was at first, definitely. Okay. I mean, it was like we need to heal your digestion, and those are very, very, very common, very common inflammatories. Mm. Um, additionally, they stimulate opiate receptors in the brain which makes them extremely addictive so it's not easy to give up 
gluten or dairy because you got glutamorphines and casomorphines, which bind opiate receptors in your brain. And would give you temporary pain relief. They do. Yeah. When you, when, when you stop them, it's a little, little like opiate withdrawal. Wow. Yeah. But it's amazing what happens when, when you do so, because, um, because, you know, Alicia Fasano, uh, a celiac researcher, he, he, uh, wrote a paper and basically said that no human is capable of effectively digesting, uh, gliadin, which is the water soluble portion of, of wheat. And no human is able to effectively do it without, um, without causing an inflammatory response. And when inflammation is present, uh, inflammatory cytokines are sent to the area. And inflammatory cytokines are small enough to cross even a healthy blood-brain barrier. So we want to remove those things that could inflame the brain, inflame the gut, and then release uh, cytokines that cross the blood-brain barrier, inflame the brain. When the brain's inflamed, communication with the digestive system is reduced, which makes the intestinal wall more permeable which means more food particles get through undigested, which causes more of an immune response. And so it's this vicious cycle that just exacerbates itself. How many people are in that vicious cycle in like modern day to day? Mm, everybody. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, even I am at times, you know, like, like, um, our, our digestion is permeable. It's going to allow some nutrients through but when it's too permeable and it allows whole food particles that's where we have trouble and cleaning up the digestion is huge you know i i kind of doubt that your gut is permeable because you look super conscious and all over it it's a lot of makeup Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Botox, what it is. makeup. <laughs> Little liposuction. Maybe I had to keep yeah. that bitch together. <laughs> Start injecting like steroids. Whatever I need. Whatever. Yeah, if you got something, you got something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you got? What right. you got, man? What, so, um, gluten, dairy, those, mm-hmm. were, those were on the no-no list. What were those the were ones? on the no-no list. Um, also, you know, excitotoxins like, um, like any artificial sweeteners, yeah. definitely out. And then, of course, trans fats, which everybody knows are no good. Uh, but seriously, they're no good. And I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Artificial trans fats, because there are trans fats that are very beneficial, that are found in in ghee, for example, um, like conjugated linoleic acid is a trans fat, but it's a really good trans fat that we actually get a lot of benefit from. So artificial trans fats. What is a trans fat too? Trans. Oh man, it's uh. If that's out of your scope. Of it's like yeah, you know that's that's some yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> some chemistry stuff there's some deep chemistry there but uh so but, what do you do with the at the revive clinic what's like your role so working with them um we're we're partners um as far as like bringing about the best outcome for for clients um on my side and on theirs 
So we're um, working out a program to start doing post-care stuff. So I'm following up with clients after they go in, and this is so needed. Um, essentially, when people go to a neurorehabilitation center, when a brain injury for survivor, for example, goes and they get treated and they learn all this stuff that they need to do at home to keep up the progress, right? Because there's a lot of progress that's made in just a week or two of going in there, right? But then you need to continue to to do what you can do to optimize your recovery. And many don't do it, you know. What 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 will people be going? What what would a recovery program look like? Well, as far as like actionable for people that might not have gone through like a traumatic experience, right. but is there something that relates to, you know, life can be pretty traumatic in general. I sure. Think, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, when I'm talking about motivation and like following up with your exercise and like post care in therapy, it goes for for everybody not just brain injury survivors you know but it's very specific like like very tailored to that patient's particular brain so um an example or an analogy that i use to describe what's what what we're doing um in general like i work with clients often while they have a loved one in a coma and i see them through from uh from comatose to like to waking and i i i coach the loved ones on how to talk to the medical team in order to implement some of the research that is not in practice you know it takes like 7 to 11 years for the research to reach clinical practice oftentimes yeah and so i can coach Loved ones, parents, uh, wives, um, or husbands, you know, um, to, to speak with the medical team in order to implement, for example, high dose omega threes after a brain injury and, um, high dose N-acetylcysteine. And, is that um, something that's found in like a food or is that like you're getting a medication? That's a supplement. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the precursor to glutathione. Okay. Can you find it in a GNC or is it like sure. standard typical? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so some of the, and the, the, they, they use that in super high doses for, um, for patients that are experiencing liver toxicity from an overdose of Tylenol. So like up, to, up, I've, I'm like I want to recommend you take some N-acetylcysteine, and all of a sudden they're approved for 14 grams, and I'm like that's a little excessive, but it's I mean it's fine, like it's totally safe to do that, and that's that's the point of me saying that it's super safe. Yeah. Yeah. Is so. that something that a, a a person in like a standard person should be looking into, or is that like more specific recovery type I've, supplement? I, I think, yeah, that's for, um, I'd say that's for recovery. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to like reduce inflammation all the time. I, I, I get the feeling that you do a lot of workout, bodybuilding, building those muscles up mm-hmm. and no, yeah, maybe whatever. <laughs> maybe not. All right. I uh, do some stuff. My, my, my <laughs> thing, I like, I like, uh, 
you know, I do a lot of like dance and like surf. And, nice. And, um, you know, I like cold exposure and hot exposure mm-hmm. and, and kind of just trying to integrate um, mo- movement into more aspects of life, you know, and more effective movement. And that's kind of the, that's the kind of the whole, the mm-hmm. whole thing is, is if you have the right education, then any moment, like right now, as we're sitting here, it's like, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. It's raining. So it's kind of cold, you know? So we're kind of having to figure out how to auto-regulate that. Right. And then we're also right now, as I'm sitting on a rock, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm barefoot. So I'm technically grounded. Right. And then I'm crossing my legs. Right. So I'm elongating hamstrings, opening up adductors and hip flexors. So it's like, we don't necessarily need to be overly dogmatic of like, I'm a bodybuilder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, most cultures around the world are like, you know, a, the idea of a gym and, you know, jogging mm-hmm. in the morning. It's like, what are you, what? Right. <laughs> what or are you doing? Especially like, <laughs> especially like, uh, what, spinning or like bikes. Yeah. Uh, like right. sitting in You're a room. You're working so hard. It. You didn't move. Yeah. At all. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of more we're like third world fitness we ought in to, certain ways. We ought to have but I like weights too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, I hear that entirely. What I was saying is like the inflammation after weight training is right. good for building up. And, and there's a lot of uh, positives to inflammation at times. And then there's definitely times when we want to reduce the inflammation, especially if the brain is swelling, for example. Mm. And uh, this is where, well, I want to, I want to, uh, circle back to what you were saying about cold exposure and heat exposure. Cause right. I do that as well. Um, and it's it's so look at this it's raining yeah we're getting Good. some serious Skin. cold exposure right now yeah sure there's uh b12 found in uh rain raindrops no way yeah so as the paint as the rain's passing through the atmosphere it's passing through various different little like micro bacteria guys and it's kind of picking up little little b12 amongst a bunch of other stuff any idea what form Oh, no, that good shit. I think. <laughs> That's that good shit. It's that yeah. good book. Yeah, look, look, up, look up, do the Google A of B12 raindrops and see nice. what you get. It's pretty interesting stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah Show I notes. love it. Show notes. Yeah. So, hot cold exposure. So, hot cold exposure, you know, um, we're upregulating BDNF when we do that. And it's like, you know, you think about it, I'm, I'm very, I'm a big fan of ancestral wisdom and ancestral health wisdom because we evolved with the hardware that we have and that hardware is pretty cool because it updates itself um evolutionarily and so you think about you know we never used to have thermostats that kept us at a consistent comfortable temperature right we would endure hot and we would endure cold and we were good at it our bodies are set up to regulate. Yeah. But when, you know, use it or lose it, if we're not using our ability to regulate our temperature, we lose that ability. And like most things, you, you exercise things, you practice things in order to get good at them, you know? So, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of digressing here. Uh, What's the effect that has on the brain on brain health? So brain health, we're we're upregulating BDNF when we when we uh, expose ourselves to temperature fluctuations. BDF is BDNF. You got it. What the hell is that? So it's basically like fertilizer for the brain. Hmm. Um, it 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 um, 
improves the uh, the growth of neuron axon fibers, and uh, and it also will not be enough. But the heat and cold therapy also upregulates growth factors. So that's pretty awesome, as well as endorphins. Yeah, alleviates depression and all yeah. sorts of interesting, interesting yeah. correlates. Part of the endorphin release. Yeah, it's yeah. like if the body gets bored. Like that's like middle-aged white men are, are the most likely to commit suicide. I think, um, which is interesting because middle-aged white men are, you know, conceivably like, kind of like the king of Earth. You know, <laughs> where they're like in the point that life should be the easiest. You know, so it's like, oh, that's really an interesting connection. Where it's like the well, life should hypothetically be the easiest for this these people but they're uh, along with that they're also the most most tormented that's yeah it's so interesting and like they've done studies with uh millionaires versus paraplegics on a scale of happiness Hmm. which one do you think's happier well, I would imagine the paraplegic since right. you're telling the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what I would just think. Right, right, right. You know? So yeah. what do you think that is? Well, I think when you're standing at the edge of life, and this is, uh, I'm taking this from Rachel Raymond, who's an oncologist in New York. She wrote a book called My Grandfather's Blessings, and she says this so well. So she works with terminally ill patients um, all the time. And what what she says is that when you're standing at the edge of life, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. And you're looking over the vastness of it. So many of the things that used to matter, they don't matter anymore. Yeah. And those things that still do matter a great deal more. And so when you're stripped away of so many, you know, kind of luxuries of, of living, for example, being a paraplegic or having a brain injury or almost dying, you know. Yeah. And coming to term, basically coming to terms with your mortality, and what really is important in this life, and when you, well, at least my experience, when I was able to look at what actually mattered, again, so many things that used to matter don't matter, yeah. and those things that do do a whole lot, and that means that in order for me to bring more of the things that truly matter into my life, I'm going to be appreciative of what I have. And that appreciation is so powerful. Appreciation's like amazing juice to bring more of something into your life. You want better relationships? appreciate the hell of the ones you have and the aspects of those that you like. Mm. Um, do you want more money? Appreciate what you have. Right. Show appreciation while still having a vision and desire for more, you know? And this is how we are able to bring in the things that we want. And as a paraplegic, like... All right, maybe, you know, we interviewed uh, Jared Nieder on on our podcast, the Avengers and Brain Injury podcast, and he's a paraplegic. He's a, or he's a quadriplegic, actually. And um, much like Dr. Engel, he dove into a sandbar, like almost the same story, except Dr. Engel is up and functioning 
and doing great work, which is fantastic. And um, Jared Nieder is is still paralyzed, uh, but man, he is the happiest, the happiest quadriplegic I've ever met. And I, I how about person? Person. But take out quadriplegic. There you go. Good right? call. Good call. Yeah, he's the most uh, gracious and and appreciative human and yeah i have so much so much respect for him mm. and um and it's 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 hard for many of us to um appreciate what we have mm. but when we look at what we have from a lens of of need free appreciation you know, um, that is so powerful and bringing more, I mean, think about it. It's like our creator, it's like, like, or whoever, whatever brought us on this planet. Imagine being like, here's a gift. You give somebody a gift. Sorry, I'm going to change the analogy I was doing. You give somebody a gift. They're like, oh, cool. And they throw it in the corner or they bitch about it, you know, right. like, are you going to get them another gift? Probably not. Right. But if they're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. And give you a hug and just show you how much appreciation they have for you. Yeah. You're going to give them more gifts. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Your brain does that. <laughs> it's like how you train a dog or train any relationship. Right. You focus like if a dog does something, you know, not so good and you freak out on them. You know, there's, what was, I was listening to is like, the dog doesn't speak. Oh man, I'm going to get way lost in the weeds here. Uh, <laughs> there's a dog, there's a tra- Let me work this thing out. You can work it out with me. Um, but so emphasizing the things that the dog does well helps them to learn much better than just like beating them for doing the thing that they did wrong from your eyes. Cause usually they're not even actually going to realize what you're beating them for, you know? But so if you can, if you can more like lubricate when they do something well, that ends up being from what I've heard from dog trainers being way more effective. Yeah, to teach positive them. reinforcement. There was like a better explanation that I was like, oh, I think, but I didn't have it. Anyway, <laughs> <what> it <was. laughs> there was some good shit. I was on the edge of some it's good shit. It's in there. It's in there. But yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> hear that. Um, I also think, you know, we are, we are pack animals. And coming from my own experience of going through what I went through, and learning everything I did. And yeah, um, I didn't quite finish uh, telling the story of like learning all I could about the nutrients to support brain function. You know, um, so I'm, I'm taking courses and, uh, and, uh, you know, from top universities like Yale and Duke and Princeton and Cal Poly Tech and the University of Chicago. And I'm super interested in neuroscience neuroplasticity um and nutrition and the nutrition classes i took were crazy like like you know the the mainstream usda bullshit honestly yeah and um but i i at the same time i'm watching videos and listening to podcasts and whatnot and um and i begin to I've, I've, uh, I begin to reach out also to practitioners all over the world um, who are teaching really cool stuff. 
and um, learning everything I could. And this is the culmination of everything I've learned nutritionally is found in my, uh, in my new book, How to Feed a Brain. And that's the nutritional tools that I've gathered put into a really easy to follow. Um, basically, I wanted to create the resource I wish I had. Yeah. What are some of the standout tools? Standout tools? Um, organ meats. Nobody gets those. Hmm. They're awesome. They're so good. So, and I, I travel a lot. I'm not cooking liver at friends' houses while I'm there or anything like that. Like, I supplement my, um, my organ meats for the most part. So, there's a fantastic company called Ancestral Supplements. And they have uh, desiccated organ meat pills. Sounds really delicious. Yeah, right? That's good stuff. Especially the brain. They have desiccated brain. Something that I get confused on sometimes, which animals are the best to get the, the organs from? Because you have all the different options at the butcher or whatever. I think a variety is probably the best. Okay. Like thinking of it, again, from an ancestral perspective, like we'd eat the brains, we'd eat the liver, we'd eat the kidneys, we'd eat all that shit. Yeah. Are there any animals that are off limits, you think? Uh, probably. All right. Probably. Yeah. I don't know what those are. Yeah, different I, religions I don't really have like have like beef with eating like beef with eating pork, but like beef you know, with the beef, qualms with eating pork, or yeah, or India, it's like the sacred cow. Sometimes I just wonder what. I'm always curious, like the intersection between religion and uh, actual like science that we just ha- maybe haven't encountered yet, because it seems like quite often things that people said, you know, four thousand years ago, and they're like still kind of whispering about. You're like, all of a sudden, six months later, like, oh, here's this study that shows that they've been right for all that time. Mm. It seems like that happens more often than, yeah. you know, so I'm always kind of curious of like, oh, I wonder what the seed of why you're not supposed to eat the pig or the whatever. Especially when it comes to spirituality and like, and like, um, um, things that were once considered woo woo, Mm -hmm. like we're suddenly uncovering, uncovering scientific reasons why that's the case for example meditation right like meditation we used to we used to look at it as pretty woo in the western world right and it's like yeah we can actually see the uh the neuroplastic changes and the activity in the brain which is fantastic being able to see neuroscience come to life and bring about these or lend credibility to all these um modalities that didn't used to have it with within the uh, scientific community what do we see in the brain with meditation with meditation we see um the limbic system calm down Mm. and we see the frontal lobes as well as our other areas in the brain light up a bit more why is it relevant the limbic system calms down what is the limbic system the limbic system is our our lizard brain, if you will. It's like our fight or flight kicks in there as well as our rest and digest. But when it's when it's firing up, then we are in a uh, more heightened state, you know, and um, more, more on guard state and stressed out state. Um, so the limbic response is often like if we, if, if, 
if a lion hops out and 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 is gonna eat us, we're our limbic system goes boom, takes all of our resources and puts them into escaping the danger, right? Yeah. Um, thing is, we don't have lions and tigers and bears, oh my, chasing us around on a daily basis. But we do get stuck in traffic and whatnot, and our limbic system goes crazy and can often take control of the rest of our neurology, really. And when we learn how to calm that limbic response that's a powerful place to be because now we get to kind of uh, design our own neuroplasticity because neurons that fire together wire together so if we have a neuron fire and it um, neuron in the limbic system fire and then it fires uh, somewhere else that helps us that that gets us to freak out we're building plasticity to freak out every time our limbic system fires up in a certain way Um, if we can train our limbic system to relax instead so that like or, or us to relax so the limbic system fires and we decide to change our reaction to that stimuli we reinforce a uh a pathway of control and I, I know this firsthand after my brain injury um i i really had a whole lot of trouble controlling my limbic system um i mean if somebody said something that would push my buttons or piss me off in whatever way i would i would like i would lose control wow it was crazy. What did that look like? Feel like it, it would feel like, like my, um, like my heart moved way up to the top of my chest. Um, I felt it a little bit in my stomach and just get like all excited and mad, right? Like seriously, when somebody said a dietary, I had this dietary perspective that was different than me. I would, I would have this response. Hmm. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing, you know? And um, learning to dial that back and take control of it and allow others to have whatever perspective they want. Like, what? why would I get mad about that, you know? Um, And it's just the limbic system would, would, would fire. And like I said, in the same way it would fire if there was something life-threatening chasing me that's what happens and it happens to all of us not not just me in that place um but then we can choose what we want to do with that and so building the plasticity basically by choosing to do different things like when somebody said something that wouldn't that that would push my buttons that would get me angry i'd take a deep breath and I'd, I'd relax and I'd do nothing, you know? I'd just breathe it. And that be- builds the plasticity to, to relax yeah, when like something like that happens. Repetition. Yeah, it's just like weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other practices? Um, so 
Yeah, so that's where meditation is fantastic as well. What do you recommend with it? With meditation? Yeah. Um, I, I, I explore different things, kind of, kind of, right now I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a four-phase meditation. So I will, uh, I will focus on, on right now, the present. You know, because there's there's talk of like when we meditate, we want to shut off our thoughts or like and I do not experience that. I never have, you know, um, or or not shut off our thoughts, but let them pass. And I'm all about that. Letting certain thoughts pass. But I allow other thoughts to come in and oops, and I entertain them briefly. So, um, so with presence, I will entertain thoughts that are about right now. I am, this is, um, and I will observe and feel exactly what's happening in that moment. Right. And then, um, after that phase, I'll move on to, uh, to appreciation. So like I was saying, appreciating either what is or what was that brought about what is hmm. so going over all the all the people all the things all the circumstances in my life and of course not all of them but things that that come to my mind i entertain those thoughts you know and then i'll switch into visualization which is looking at the future and kind of imagining where where things are going to go hmm. and then after after visualization and what we're doing there we're actually building the plasticity we're kind of paving the road of like what what could be you know we're kind of giving it an opportunity to become by exploring that that future scenario that we desire and then the next phase is allowing, it's just receiving. And allow, I, I let my mind just do what it does because we've already set up um, all these different, um, we, we set up the, the first phase, the second, third, and then the fourth one. So, you know, present, past, future, we've set it up and we set the past with nothing but appreciation. And now, when we move into, you know, past the future, it's just like letting our thoughts do their thing because our, our brain is primed to trend in a way that we can, uh, can begin to think the thoughts that are going to be beneficial for us. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's been extremely powerful. I actually learned this technique from Jesse Elder. And actually, I saw him yesterday. Mm. He's good. Yeah, I don't know Jesse. He's good. Yeah, He's good. I, we have, we have heaps of mutual mutual folks, but yeah, we've never. No, we have met. But I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, good <laughs> things though. No problem. I'm sure, we'll we'll Jesse Elder. We'll have you on here at some point. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. So what's I like that. What's the time frame that you do? What would do in a meditation? Twenty minutes, five minutes. How increments. much time would you do in each each of those phases? Any kind of five. Like, oh, really? It's five, 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 five. five, five. Hmm. Yep. And Keep then it simple. What would you see? What would you 
feel is like the highest leverage thing you found for re repairing your your injury so the highest leverage is nutrition and the analogy i i use it I, uh, many connections in my brain have been damaged and i think of rebuilding those connections like building a bridge so what do you need to build a bridge you need supplies and you need skilled workers supplies would be the nutrition the brain building nutrition and also getting that nutrition getting those nutrients to the construction site so healing our digestion and then the skilled workers would be the therapy the targeted therapy the right kind of therapy and also the motivation for those workers and so additionally with that we need to know the environment so the environment would be how, where the brain is at that time so we need to do a solid brain assessment the analogy would be you know, understanding the weather conditions where you're building a bridge and the depth of the water and the sediment of the bedrock and things of that sort. Uh, but we need to understand the landscape of the brain so we can decide what we're going to build and, and how we're going to build it. We can design the architecture for it. So... That would be the brain assessments that we do. And, the, you know, the first, the book I wrote is How to Feed a Brain, which is the supplies. Super important. I mean, without the supplies, it's like pulling up to a construction site with a truckload of toothpicks and expecting them to build something. What other supplies other than organ meat? Um, we, got, we got sea vegetables like kelp. Which is the, and so I'm giving you things that people often don't eat. Right. And so if we start incorporating this, it's fantastic to get uh, organ meat, kelp, um, probiotics. Probiotic rich foods are fantastic is, for that. Is there any probiotics that you would avoid or choose over other ones? Because there's so many. Um, I, I don't really focus on the ones I'd avoid because I just don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Just Thrive probiotics. Okay. And uh, actually, if you use coupon code Feed a Brain with those guys, um, you, I don't know, you get ten or fifteen percent discount. But what they do, they actually, you know, a lot of it is coming from soil-based microorganisms, or um, from, you know, milk derived. And what what Just Thrive does is they actually derive it from a healthy human microbiome from like i don't know in the 1940s or something they've kept this thing going and it's been shown in studies to just just clean up leaky gut in 30 days it's pretty amazing wow. yeah yeah so those are the, in, in fact you can go to my website and i have a supplement handout there so if you go to feedabrand.com You'll, you'll find a supplement handout on there. Cool. But yeah, so we need supplies. And then and that's what the book's all about. And then we need the skilled workers and we need to know the environment. And this is what happens at Revive. Um, we really pay attention to doing a quality neurological assessment to understand what's going on. So some of the tools we use is uh, VNG, which is video nystagmography. It basically watches the eyes while you see different visual stimuli. 
and uh, you can see the involuntary movement of the eyes because we have 12 cranial nerves and those are like super highways to and from our brain. 12 of them, 12 super highways. Four of those are dedicated to the visual system. That means one third of our cranial nerves, they do nothing but our visual system. So our brain, or sorry, our eyes are a window to our brain. And they're also a therapeutic window to our brain. So we can use visual um, exercises in order to uh, bring about neuroplastic change as well. But there are so many other tools that we can use to, you know, again, with the analogy, to build the bridge. So, for example, uh, vestibular um, therapy is also fantastic. So there's a gyrostim at Revive, for example, that... Um, that spins the patient in a specific, in a particular way, based on their neurological assessment, to stimulate an area of their brain, that um, that we can then build some excitement there, and ne again, neurons that fire together wire together, and um, that's another modality that they can use. It's also uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation. Do you know anything about that? A little bit. Yeah, so but, that's, but explain. So that's cool stuff. That's basically, it's uh, it's basically sending a magnetic pulse through the cranium into the brain and uh, bringing the neurons to threshold in the specific area that that it's aimed towards. So, uh, so basically, we're bringing we're we're forcing neurons to fire with that. And again, neurons that fire together, wire together. Would so you not recommend the, up. the YouTube uh, versions of those, where you can like make one at home and start blasting your head? <laughs> I had no idea there was one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah there's like a the whole guide. YouTube transcranial magnetic stimulation. I believe there's yeah, there's videos on this. This is like this is like the anarchist cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, what are the t what are the techniques? I'd like to get into like so food. What about movement? Is that something that's oh man. that's that's a part? Functional movement so important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I really appreciate how you're talking about functional movement. You know, um, so yes, absolutely. And it's it's interesting how we get um, stuck in our habits, and our bodies adjust to whatever whatever our postures are, whatever, the way we move through the world. And if we don't use certain parts of our um, mobility, those parts begin to atrophy. Oh. I think it's really interesting from like a, a, a movement perspective in relation to like cranial nerves and, and uh, like vagal tone and all that mm -hmm. stuff. You can, you can read someone's um, where they're active in their nervous system, where they're in more of like a socially engaged place or in like a fight flight place or more of like a freeze place um, based off of like tonality of their voice. So their vocal cords, like the melody of the way that they communicate um, based off of like facial affect. You know, so you probably are already savvy with all this stuff, like the fifth and the seventh cranial nerves, I believe, innervate the, the fate. Well, seventh is, is facial muscles and fifth is the skin. I mm -hmm. So you can s literally look into someone's nervous system based off of how, is that incorrect? You're, you're looking at the I am, honestly, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think five, five I think trigeminal. Five seven. 
Is five trying to drive? I don't know. We can, right, we can it's look fun. up. It's hard to remember what all, <laughs> all the different ones are. I'm pretty sure fifth and seven. Um, but whatever, you know, call them whatever. But I'll I'll, I'll wage two hundred and eighty-five dollars, fifth and seven. <laughs> put, put it on the table. Bam. Yeah. But yeah, so they 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 innervate those muscles around the face, and so you can literally look. In, you said that the eyes are a window into the to the nervous system, and like so is fucking everything else. You know, yeah. so you can really yeah. like, like that, for example, and you know, just the way that someone communicates, the way that they hold themselves. That's the best. So it's fucking everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, our, our brain is like our puppet master, you know, but then at the same time, but it's also mastered the by puppets the puppets talk the to the brain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're equally masterful. Yeah. Not to get all, you know, whatever, but I, I think that they they really are like equal, <laughs> equal tension between each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that people are all hot and bothered about like psychosomatic, but then there's a whole nother perspective of somato psychic, I guess you could call it, but just, you know, hot and bothered about that. The, I'm hot and bothered oh, about man, it. It's <laughs> turning <laughs> me on. <laughs> well, you know, that's, I think that that's, we come from that perspective more where it's like a psychosomatic thing where it starts out in the brain then goes out in the body. But I think that information is just, mm -hmm. it's equally afferent or like coming back. Absolutely. From the body and that's the brain. absolutely true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, no, it was good. It was good. Up, it was bro. good. I loved it. I loved it. It's uh, all all that stuff is so so it's so true. Like and we're we're firing different muscles in order to um excite certain muscle spindles which um or or what are they? Neuron spindles which then fire back into the brain and they're like, Hey, I'm over here and we can start um building more change through those pathways we're basically waking up those pathways yeah so it might be getting a little heady here but well, i like heady yeah that's that's i wouldn't do this if i wasn't like i want to like learn together like that's the intention of yeah on the podcast nice i'm just in here with the rest of everybody else i'm like oh what's going on <laughs> tell me more <laughs> tell me more about all that all right so uh, at home techniques tactics to sort your brain out uh, no, so something that i think is interesting just to piggyback with that is the level of trauma that's happening in just standard American brain slash body. And we don't realize it because you just conceive yourself as, as normal and you're in a, you know, amongst a community of a bunch of other people that feel the same. Mm. Um, you know, so is there any way to address what is your, your function, how socially engaged you are? Those are terms that I'm gathering from like mm. Stephen Porges, polyvagal stuff slash probably other places, but they say socially engaged. That's when you're in like a good spot. Mm. You know, when you're playful and when you're able, that's why play, sorry, I'm just going on and on, but that's why play is such a valuable expression. If you can get to the point where you're able to play and there's a little kid that comes up and you don't just freeze up because you don't know what to do, um, that's, that's a big step for an adult. You know, that means that at a nervous system level, your body really is firing its sequencing in a, in a, a healthy way. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, you got me all self-conscious with your... Uh, what about? <laughs> with your, like, fucking everything. Everything shows how your brain's doing. Well, it does. It does. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A big part of your whole sympathetic, parasympathetic balance is, like, you know, sacrum and, like, the cerebral spinal connection right. and all that stuff. There's no, right. you know, it doesn't stop. It don't. <laughs> and it don't quit. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's 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 back up a little bit. You said at home things that people can do to uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to help their brain. Let's yeah, see, yeah. there were there were a couple of questions in there. The other one was uh, 
how do we know um, those two those if, are if our brains are yeah is there some way everything to check and then and then how do we repair <clears throat> at home we don't have a trigeminal whatever brain booster I mean when it comes to assessment of things there's a lot of different things that are going to show us um, how our brain's doing uh, one of them I mean you, you kind of want to watch somebody's um, somebody's ability to do this but even like looking at something up close and then looking at something far away up close far away and being able to exercise that right there that's that's uh testing one of our cranial nerves our optic nerve mm. you know and um um and there are i mean there's 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 at least 12 different ways to check how our brain's doing but i really like what you said about play yeah. about just being able to go out there and play. Like, for example, I've damaged my cerebellum. And so play is something I love. Yeah. But um, but I don't run. I, I, no, don't run. Yeah. Don't run. Not unless I'm being chased by something bigger than me and I don't tend to play with people bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh but yeah, I mean, so sports, you know, sports absolutely has a whole lot to do with our brain health. Yeah. Have, have you ever heard of the, um, there's a test you can do where you look at the, the pharyngeal arches. So you look at like the, the space, you know, so you look at the, the uvula, little doodle dropping down behind your, yeah. your throat there. And you look and you, and, uh, you go, oh, uh, tongue, and you go, ah, 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 and you can see those arches kind of starting to contract. Mm -hmm. And if you can see those arches contract equally, then that's a, an indication that the, the uh, whatever nerve that innervates that, that space. I think it's the glossal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which one is that one? That's uh, the, I want to know all these. I want to have uh, this man, one. What is it? I want to uh, just be able to impress people with remembering cranial nerves. If I can do that. On old Olympus, towering tops, uh, a fin... And German viewed some hops. There you go. So that's, that's twelve. Uh, yeah. All right. So Sorry. which one was which one was I, the? I don't remember. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the other one, the other one that you could see with people. Uh, so this gets so that hyperglossal is the twelfth. That's the twelfth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah I believe that. Um, so um, another one that you can you can check out, which is that most people listening are probably like, oh crap, um, is tonicity of traps. So the trapezius muscles, um, I believe they're innervated by the 11th cranial nerve. Again, f please fact check me on all this. But uh, So that's another. So if you have one like chronically spazzing trap uh, and the other one's all loose or you know whatever, if there's an imbalance there, um, that's an indication of what's happening around that, the innervation of that nerve. You know, so if there's something fun. So again, this is just more elaboration of like everything means something. Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm deep, I'm, dude. Yeah, you are deep. Teach me all sorts <laughs> of good stuff. I'm I'm enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. Um, things you can also do at home, which is pretty solid, is like if you have a rebounder, just like a little trampoline, that's awesome in so many ways. And learning to you know jumping on that for first of all, you're helping lymphatic drainage. Um, you're you're helping move the lymphatic system, um, which is which is fantastic, you know. Um, and then at the same time, we we also are challenging our balance, 
and um right now at revive they have me jumping on one of those and throwing a ball against the wall with my left hand and then catching it with my with my left hand but i can't with my left hand so i'm doing it with both hands at least sorry i can't yet yeah right now i have a whole lot of trouble i end up dropping it most of the time yeah because i have a ataxia or actually it's dystaxia can you explain that yeah, so ataxic, and if something's ataxic, it means you, you don't have any control. If it's dystaxic, or, you know, the prefix dis, it means it's wonky. Disorganized. Disorganized, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, a, yeah. So, um, so I, my, my right side is, is fine. My left side, my cerebellum is damaged on the left side of my brain, which affects the left side of my body. And so, um, a neurological test to do this as quick as you can. I'm closing my my uh, my hand in sort of a duckbill manner as quickly as I can. It's like, do 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 do. And then in my left hand, that's as quick as I can do it, which is like, boom, 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 boom. Interesting. So yeah. So how do you explain that? Why can't you duck duck finger your left hand as well? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I have a little bit of that too. I'm I I work on some of this stuff, okay. like figuring out. I mean, this is obviously I'm 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 doing all right, but comparatively, yeah, my left side there's more um, disorganization than than the right side, right. and I've had a lot of like whatever traumatic injuries and such with yeah. in relation to shoulders. And so that's something I've been, I've been, uh, working on figuring out myself. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, it's cerebellar at uh, least mostly, you know, I've had shoulder injuries as well, but yeah, for me, it's mostly cerebellar. Do you um, think that could be me too? Like there could be some, or do you think it's more of like, a, is there any way to separate musculoskeletal from cerebellar or, you know, whatever the, the neurological connection would be? You'd have to talk to a neurologist who knew more than me. <sighs> um, but I, 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 I do think that we we're able to kind of hone in on where the bulk of the problem is happening. Yeah. Um, so kind of ruling out um, somatosensory and then moving up and seeing where, where things aren't happening as well as like, is it affecting the whole side of your, of your body? Like, is it both your both your left leg and your left hand no okay left leg right right left right leg left left arm are the sides that i'm working it's like a spiral and i'm working on getting more organized okay that sounds like it's uh it's more in the periphery periphery mm. what does that mean at least that's what i would think so periphery would be um or possibly spinal but um but basically when when we have when we have a thought to move something in our brain we're like, I want to move my hand, right? So that signal goes down our, our brain stem, down our spine, to our shoulders, and then goes out to our hand, right? And um, to if it was your right leg, it goes down your spine to your tailbone and then to your leg. Um, so we're going down the spine. So the, the periphery would be anything that's not the spine or the brain. So that's why I say it could be the spine or it could be the periphery mm. because the brain 
controls one side of the body or each each um when there's a lesion it it tends to affect the entire side of the body um whereas if that's not the case if you're if you're kind of right leg left hand mm -hmm. um it's probably not in the brain what is a lesion a lesion is an area that's been damaged mm. yeah all right i got some of those yeah yeah what's your brain look like uh you want to see i mean yeah but right now it probably when 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 well i mean do you got like <laughs> super handy um yeah sort of yeah here i'll uh I'll show you my screensaver. What's the what's the uh, the progress you've had with the brain in the last? When when, when was the accident? So it was 2011, and um, they the 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 scan I'm showing you right now is high definition fiber tracking. Um, so uh, it's really amazing. I was I was actually asked asked to have my brain scanned by the University of Pittsburgh. And so I went out there and they did an MRI and a DTI scan that they um, created a, um, a really beautiful um, 3D representation of my brain. Mm. And they did it twice. They did it at, at a, I don't know, I want to say it was 2016. Um, no, 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 end of 2015. And then, and then they waited six months, and they did it again. And the improvement was, uh, was noticeable, especially in the, in the uh, brains, the brainstem, the um, tracks running from my brain stem to my spine. There was 20% more of them, mm. which is fantastic, because that's our communication with everything. Right. Yeah. So... Um, do you, what do you think of psychedelics and stuff like that for healing brain trauma? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think that the neuroplasticity that occurs with psychedelics is really powerful. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really powerful. And, and I think, you know, when we're enhancing plasticity, there's positive and negative plasticity. So we can reinforce something we really don't want to reinforce something that's really damaging to us or we can reinforce something that's really beautiful or many things that are really beautiful and so that's where i think i think hallucinogens are fantastic tools um that that have been stigmatized in a really really harsh way and if you look at the history of it it's it's actually um it's really powerful medicine when it's harnessed in the right way. Yeah. Set and setting is the big set and setting thing that needs to be focused on. Totally. And the energy around you. Mm. Um, and you what know, does energy around you mean? So, <laughs> so I was just thinking, I'm like, I, I, I met somebody uh, yesterday who, who does energy work. And I'm like, so what kind of energy work do you do? And he's like, Oh, I, uh, I do utilities. <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course, we're in Boulder, so my mind goes to uh, right. <laughs> to energy work, right? That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, um, so energy. It's like I, I. When we talk about energy, we're talking about something that 
is not yet measurable for humans, for us, you know? So, like, there are clearly forces amongst us that are hardly understood by us. And honestly, it's, it's unscientific to, to think that these forces don't exist just because we can't measure them. So when I hear or talk about energy, that's, what, that's where my mind goes. It's like, okay, those forces that we don't have a way of measuring, unless it's the utility of energy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so, so when we are, like when you walk into a room where people have been arguing, you can feel it, right? Yeah. And that's... that. I smudge that shit. Smudge. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm hooked on smudge. I smudge shit out of everything. Oh, boy. Can't stop. You should, you should get a shirt that says hooked on smudge. Smudge that shit, hashtag. <laughs> I put the hashtag in the wrong spot. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Uh, I don't think that would, that would work. Have you heard of Heart Math Institute? Yeah, I have. So they, they measure a lot of that, that like, immeasurable yes. stuff. So, like, yes. like, like, electromagnetic frequencies coming off of the heart. It's, like, dramatically, I don't remember what it is exactly. I think it's, like, 8 to 12 feet or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but a lot further than uh, from the brain, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Maybe yeah, it is interesting. Nothing relevant to this conversation. Maybe it means a whole lot. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Um, but that is that is quite a fascinating thing. I, I think like we we culturally we're we're quite um, um, what would we call we're like we focus so much of ener- our energy on the brain itself, and I think we do forget about the power of the rest of the systems, how they all feed back into the brain, and the brain feeds right back into them. And I like that heart math study even just as like a metaphor even if it doesn't actually relate to anything it's like oh shoot okay cool so you like really feel the heart out mm-hmm. there but the brain's kind of keeping in mm-hmm. keeping to itself a little bit more it's interesting that is interesting yeah and when i say immeasurable not even like uh immeasurable but that is not currently being measured you know and yeah. viewed and seen you know so, you know, I brought up how you can walk into a room where people have been arguing and you can feel it. And that also, that has to do with our senses. We're able to sense that. It's not a measurable sense. It's not a sense that I was taught in, in growing up. You know, you have five senses and it's like, you have so many more senses than five senses. Mm. And I mean, even, even in neurology, we're talking about... Uh, we're talking about vestibular system, and we're talking about uh, somatosensory, um, and these are these are senses that we don't really talk about, you know. Um, so, so additionally, I think we probably have like at least twenty other senses that we just feel, you know. We don't know why we feel it. It's not necessarily necessarily explained. Some of us listen to what we feel, and some of us don't, you know? It's been my experience that when I do, I have a better picture of what's happening around me, you yeah. know? And that's what it is. We're, we're painting a picture um, of what's happening based on our senses at all times. Right. Yeah, so... Um, I, I digress. I forget what the question was. Oh, we got to wrap this bitch up. It's already, we're already over time. I gotta go. <laughs> we, got, we got things we got to do. Where, how do people find more about your, your stuff in a book and the podcast yeah. and, and all that stuff? Thanks. Um, so yeah, you can find me on feed of brain on all the social medias. Uh, my book is called how to feed a brain. 
nutrition for optimal brain function and repair. And uh, my website is feedabrain.com. I also have adventuresinbraininjury.com and the Adventures in Brain Injury podcast, which is one of my favorite things. I get to interview some of the most intelligent and inspirational people I've ever even heard of. And it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Thanks for doing this, man. Yo, thank you. Ram it up. Bam. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I want to present y'all with a fun opportunity of starting a program that I created called the Align Method Online Program that focuses on unwinding the unsightly patterns of staring into technology, essentially. So forward head posture, rolled forward shoulders, hyperkyphotic spine, disengaged glutes, knees collapsing in. If there's collapse in any level in the body, it will trickle up and down through the rest of the system and that program focuses on unwinding those things, giving you self-care practices, movement practices, and lifestyle adjustments, very subtle ones, that will give y'all more flexibility, more strength, more confidence, more energy, all the good things. Um, And you can start the first week absolutely free and just go to alignpodcast.com slash alignmethod, A-L-I-G-N method. Along with that guy, you will receive the Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band with a door anchor. And that also comes with its own online program that is free with that thing. Go to alignband.com and start that program for free. Um, I think that's it. I so greatly appreciate you guys listening to this conversation. So greatly appreciate reviews on iTunes, sharing uh, on the Instagrams or the Facebooks or wherever you do your shares. Uh, this program goes on lives on because of y'all so um it doesn't go unnoticed thank you for listening thank you for reviews thanks for joining your life enjoy